If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 212 of the All Dolphins podcast. With this bad boy here, <laughs> I discovered this yesterday. And I may never stop doing it. This is yeah. Awesome. You you just keep showing it off. I want I want hearts instead of mints. That's what I want from now on. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it is February first, twenty twenty four. As we turn the calendar over, uh, it's going to start getting interesting. This is the time when the first days when the franchise tag and the Transition tags can be applied. The deadline's March 5th. Off the top of my head, I can't remember the exact day. Sometime in February where teams can start applying the tag. I want to somewhere in the middle of the month or towards the 20th or something like that. Yeah, but a real smart strategy is to hold off until March 5th just because, you know, you try to get your negotiatings. If you put the tag on, then immediately that is the price point. So um, anyway, let's 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 do your, 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 your seasons. Yeah. Yes, we didn't do 2011 yesterday because we had the uh, the Dolphin Podcast un- United. When Podcast Worlds Unite. There you go. When Dolphin Podcast Unite with Simon Clancy and Alfredo Arteaga. Uh, we will continue doing those. Don't know who's next. Uh, we have some thoughts, but nothing finalized as of yet. So we didn't do 2011, which was a year of the lockout, uh, where the Dolphins drafted Mike Ponce in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, Tony Sperano was fired at the end of the year. Todd Bowles finished out. Todd Bowles, current Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach, and the Dolphins wound up going six and ten, I believe. No, or Matt Moore came in and replaced an injured Chad Henney. Was very good down the stretch, six and three in the final nine games. And I will make the argument he should given way, should have been given way more of a shot to win the starting job in 2012. And now we get to 2012. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to talk about 2011 because I would argue to you that that was one of the best Dolphins team I ever covered before this season, Um, primarily because you had a lot of good frontline players. Um, Brandon Marshall, everybody knows how I feel about Brandon Marshall. Um, You had Devon Best, you had Brian Hartline, you had Anthony Fasano, you had Charles Clay, very good offensive weaponry. Um, You had Reggie Bush in the backfield. Reggie Bush was a thousand yard back. And then Matt Moore. The reason why that team struggled earlier in the season, Brian Dayball was the offensive coordinator. He had just taken over. Literally, they had no offseason because of the NFL lockout, and they were not able to install the offense. And that's part of the reason why that team got off to an 0-7 start. Once Chad Henney had gotten out the way, Matt Moore was taken over. Him and Brandon Marshall just started developing hand signals and codes and, and things of that nature. 
uh, the offense started to take off and they either lost close games or blew teams out mm-hmm. and won, I believe six of the final nine games. Yep. Six to three down the stretch. And Matt yes. Moore was, Matt Moore was balling. He was Absolutely. playing some really good ball. They almost Matt Moore is another guy I want on the all dolphins. I love Matt Moore. Love Matt Moore. Uh, and they almost beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving that year. They lost like on the last second field goal. Um, but it wound up being a lost season. Come back in 2012, the Dolphins select Ryan Tannehill with the eighth overall selection in the draft. Um, not a fan of the pick at the time or now. This was Joe Philbin also his first year, also the first. All right, what did you want? Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out. You're not a fan of the pick. I, I hated. I hated the pick. I didn't want a quarterback that high. There was no. It was. It was Andrew Luck and nobody else. RG three. Went second overall, and who knows what his career would have looked, oh, have looked so like. So what you would have went, Kirk Cousin, Russell Wilson, what what, what 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 do you want? I don't know. Nick, uh, Nick Darryl, Foles? Daryl Revis, Revis Island, Darrell Revis maybe. Uh, who else? Oh, so you, you wanted to roll with Matt Moore. Absolutely. Completely. Absolutely. I, I felt he had shown enough at the end of 2011 that he deserved a shot, and the Dolphins passed. I'm going to look it up real quick. The Dolphins passed some, some really good players to force Ryan Tannehill, who I don't think anybody in their right mind would have thought that dude needed to be the eighth overall pick, with all due respect. Um, all kinds of tools raw needed to be developed, and you never know. I mean, the same thing was said about Patrick Mahomes. Raw tools need to be developed. Same thing was said about Josh Allen. Raw tools need to be well, developed. You know, yeah, well, time out, time out. I mean, Josh Allen, you're talking about a physical freak, so he doesn't compute. Patrick Mahomes. Had, Ryan Tannehill has upper echelon physical traits. Pat Mahomes was like a baseball prospect type pitcher. That's the kind of athlete he was. The only thing is he played in a wacky offense as Texas Tech. And can he play in a structured offense? And he's a little bit, their game is a little bit wild. Okay. So the Dolphins could have had instead of Tannehill, Luke Keekley, 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 Stefan Gilmore. Fletcher Cox, uh, it wasn't a Darrell Revis draft, I'm, I, I'm mistaken. But they could have had Keekley, Stephon Gilmore, Fletcher Cox. Um, why are you shaking your head? No. Instead of a complete force of a guy who had been a wide receiver at Texas A&M, who I don't think anybody saw as a slam dunk first-round pick quarterback choice, this guy's going to be a star. It was all along, this guy's a project, and you have somebody on your team. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're of the opinion, and both of you have shared this opinion, that you keep picking a quarterback till you finally get that dude, right? Not not at the cost of landing a a complete stud with the eighth overall. You don't pick a project with the eighth overall. There's no guarantee you're going to get a stud at the eighth overall pick. You can pick a dud at the eighth overall pick. You can pick a Deion Jordan. You never know. You can pick a Charles Harris. You never know. Don't, don't don't act like everything like is said, given to you. By the way, Luke, Luke Kuechly coming out of college was a complete check checks all the boxes. Slam dunk that guy can't miss player. And and, and they behold, need a linebacker. No, they didn't because they had Kevin Burnett, pick. Carlos Dansby, and Cole Misi. Stephon Gilmore was a complete stud. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if he wasn't the slam dunk that did that Kuechly was. But he was a he was a complete stud, and again, it, Omar, it wasn't the idea. I'm a good cornerback. I'm picking a quarterback that I think can be a franchise player, and he wasn't. But I didn't know that at the time. Over well, a stud well, quarterback, over a stud linebacker, over a stud defensive tackle, and you have no guarantee that you are going to get those studs. 
Okay, except that now you can't use that argument and then bitch about the Dolphins sending a second and a five to the Cardinals for we Josh. We knew he was a dud, though. We, we knew he was a dud. Then the Dolphins should have known, along with the entire scouting community, that Ryan Tannehill was meh, meh as a as a quarterback. Prospect. He had started nineteen games. Are we really going to fight about Ryan Tannehill here? Yes, we are. And, and then the Dolphins, and then the Dolphins compounded their mistake by hanging on to the dude. And by the way, I like Ryan Tannehill. As a, as, a, as a guy. But then they compounded with the problem by hanging on to him for seven years, which is why I have nightmares right now. I wake up in a sweat that we're doing the same thing all over again with a quarterback I who know who's, better, who's better than Tannehill, but still right now has shown a ceiling. Okay. Let me ask you this question. And I uh, want you to be candidly honest with me. Like I'm not always. Yeah. Like you're not always. The Pittsburgh Steelers right now sign Ryan Tannehill to a two-year, $20 million deal. Does he not make the Pittsburgh Steelers better? No. I don't, Why not? Upgrade. Wait, he's an upgrade over, over Ryan Pickett or the play. That, he's not getting, giving them better play than they got from Mason Rudolph at the end of the season. Mason Rudolph sucks. Not that Mason, Ryan Tannehill is good. Mason Rudolph, I completely agree with you, but Mason Rudolph played well down the stretch, and Ryan Tannehill is not giving him better, better QB play than what they got. I'm sorry. I completely disagree with you, and I'm not even a Tannehill fan. I I – I Pittsburgh is a consistent top 20 quarterback away from being a good team again. And hopefully they go get Kirk cousins or they go get Russell Wilson. I don't know how much Russell Wilson has left in the tank, to be honest with you, but hopefully they fix that with a veteran quarterback. And I'm not ruling Ryan Tannehill out. Hell Jimmy Garoppolo could help them. Um, I would love to see them to have more established quarterback and Tannehill can get it done. He's not great, but he can get the job done. No, no, not not anymore. I mean, he's he's not been, dude. He, he's insanely inconsistent, uh, and I don't want to spend too much time on him because we're this is the all Dolphins podcast, um, not the all Tannehill podcast. But um, we only talked about him for seven years. Correct, and seven what probably three years too many. And again, this is why I don't want the Dolphins to make the same mistake. This is. That's part of my position. Okay, let's move on to the news of the day, and it involves coaching, hires, the defensive coordinator search. The latest is inter very interesting name that popped up now as a, another person who's going to be interviewed or was going to be interviewed on Thursday. That's Chris Shula. If you're a Dolphin fan and you don't recognize the last name, don't call yourself a Dolphin fan because you're not. Chris Shula is the grandson of legendary coach Don Shula, the son of David Shula, who – Coach for the Dolphins, became the head coach of the Bengals. Uh, and Mike Shula, another one of Don Shula's sons, also coached for the Dolphins. Chris Shula has been with the Rams for the past seven years, never been to D.C., coached a secondary in 2022 when one of his, when his star player was. Jalen Ramsey. Yep. Um, he'd be a good one to interview these days if Jalen would give us more. He actually could give us only two minutes. We could ask him about Brandon Staley and Chris Shula, who we played under because they're both among the seven defensive corner candidates who have been identified, one who has not been identified, who Omar thinks would be a great choice for the Dolphins, is Mike Vrabel and can't argue with what Omar is saying or wrote for alldolphins.com. Yeah, I wrote a column up on uh, alldolphins.com. The eight head coaches are have been hired throughout the NFL, and Mike Vrabel is the guy who was left without a seat once the NFL's musical chairs was over. Um, I think he is a phenomenal coach. I thought teams would be lining up to hire him. 
Thought he got a raw deal in Tennessee. Obviously, you know, they traded away a lot of pieces. And they're basically trying to purge their roster and, and restart and restart a new organization. And, and there's no shame in that. Um, but he got sabotaged for the last two years. And that is what led to his first two losing seasons in his in his seven in his seven year tenure. And injuries also. Dolphin fans want to talk about how badly they were hurt. Look, look at Tennessee the last two years. Woo! Ah. Yeah. Um, so Grable, Vrabel, um, proven he's a defensive coordinator, defensive mind. And what I love about him, two things that I think makes him a good fit for the Miami Dolphins. One, he's not necessarily a gray beard, but he's got head coaching experience and he can help Mike McDaniel on the areas of weaknesses. And what I've always said, and people need to keep this in mind, coaches, where coaches end up making mistakes are the things that they're not prepared for or that they don't have expertise in. Um, and that's where another head coach would come in and help you and help you benefit in in terms of figuring out how to handle that situation, give you some context. And then obviously he's a defensive coordinator that will allow you to have a hands-off approach on your defense. Mm-hmm. And not just that, but he's coached one of the top five most physical teams in the NFL for probably the last decade. Mm-hmm. Um, consistently, they are a physical team. And if you add that physical physical side to who the Miami Dolphins are as an organization, um, it would certainly benefit you and help you take the next step. My 2024 priority for this organization is to add that physical punch you in the mouth, Baltimore Ravens mentality. And I'm not necessarily certain that gets done with just Mike McDaniels here. I think you need a, a, a culture injection and that would be Mike Vrabel. Are you suggesting that maybe they were too much of a finesse team last year? Is that what you're saying? I might be able to say that there is a finesse element that came out and didn't allow them to be at their best at optimal times, especially when facing physical bullies. And that was the Baltimore Ravens. That was the Buffalo Bills. That was the Kansas City Chiefs. Those were all teams that were physical bullies and you might've wilted to that physicality. Might've just a tad. Just yeah, maybe, maybe uh, Dan Quinn is the one who got the last job. The Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator hired by the Washington commanders, former dolphin assistant. Omar, were you aware of the fact that there are now five former dolphin assistant coaches who are head coaches in the NFL? Can I name them? Let's see. Todd Bowles. That would be one. Um, in Cincinnati, what's his name? I just gave you Dan Quinn, so that's two. Dan, no, no, Dan Quinn. And in Cincinnati, what is his name? got to have his name. Okay, okay. I can't. I'm not going to remember his name. because son-in-law, son-in-law of Mike Sherman. What is his name? Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. There you go, Zach Taylor. Uh, Zach Taylor. Um... Damn. Uh, Dan Quinn was a... You said that. You gave me that. Uh, okay, I'm out. I'm empty. Dan Campbell. How, how Damn it, Dan Campbell. How do I forget Dan the man? Go ahead. And Brian Dable. Totally forgot. Yep. I just said he said about him. Yes, and you talked about him. In and in addition, the Dolphin, there's also a sixth head coach who was not a Dolphin assistant coach, but Dolphin player. That, of course, being Doug Peterson. God damn it. 
the quarterback when the when the, the Dolphins won that November fourteenth, nineteen ninety three game that gave Don Shula the record for most co- career coaching victories, and I point that out because with all the coaching vacancies now filled, that means Bill Belichick's not coaching in the NFL in 2024. As and I mentioned earlier, given his curmudgeonous ways, beautifully put, the fact that he hasn't had much success post Brady and the fact that he's 71 or 72 years old, I'm not so sure that's not it for him, which means Don Shula's record is going to be safe uh, because I don't know that anybody else is going to coach long enough with that kind of consistent success to threaten it. I don't think Belichick ever coaches again in the NFL. No, I agree. Um, I concur. Uh, let's move on to a couple of other things. Um, Pro Bowl festivities or games or skill competition is Thursday night. And I know we're, we're shaking. Our, I only bring that up because it's award season, all-star game time and all that. We have an FL honors next Thursday, February 8th today. And those awards are voted on by a media panel Today, the Sporting News announced their awards, which are voted on by players themselves or coaches. And it's noteworthy that Tyreek Hill won the Offensive Player of the Year award. And it was Tua Tungo-Vailoa and not Damar Hamlin, who was named Comeback Player of the Year. What? The players the players decided, yep, Hamlin's a great story and it's very inspirational. He's alive. The dude, barely, alive. Played. The dude barely played. Uh, interesting. So do you think Tua has a realistic shot to be comeback player of the NFL in 2024? In terms of the media, I there's been so much smoke and talk about how it's Hamlin's to lose. I don't I, for some reason I don't think writers are gonna writers can't get out of the mode of it's such a great story, it's so inspirational and all that. Even though, like for me, I've said all along is how can you be comeback player of the year when you almost all play? I mean. If you if they were to come back person of the year would be a different maybe different than comeback player of the year. So um, but cool to see. Mm-hmm. I, I I honestly don't know what to even think about that. Um I did not expect Tua to be named comeback player of the year. And in fact, I'm not necessarily sure he would be my number one pick. Um Joe Flacco just led his team to the playoffs um after coming off the couch. So well, he, he was interviewed about that, and he was like, why would they give it to me? I was just some old dude sitting on the couch, literally what you just said. Uh, he didn't think he'd be belong in the conversation. Uh, I think Tua was a, was a very worthy candidate, again, because there was some thought that maybe his career was in jeopardy or maybe even done last offseason. You could make a case for Austin Jackson from a Dolphins standpoint for Austin Jackson. Yeah, we know it's going to a quarterback. Come on, if it's going to anybody. Well, Demar Hamlin's not a quarterback, but his story was. Yeah, I mean, but he he died on the field, so I think there's some some room for benefit of doubt. Um, Your shoulder is halfway off, and it's driving me insane. Uh, um, uh, Let me um, address something else that I wrote and put up, and actually, Poupard is splitting it into a two part series. I think the starting block for NFL free agency for the Miami Dolphins is clearly about creating cap space and figuring out how you, you, you're you going to go through that mathematic arithmetic of create clearing cap space. And I make the argument that you're not clearing $52 million in cap space. You've got to clear 70 to not to 75, primarily because you're going to have to spend $19.7 million 
for a franchise tag that you have to use on Christian Wilkins on March 5th, which is before the new year begins, to lock him in uh, instead of allowing him to be exposed to the free agent market. This will not be easy. And it will be a tough decision that they're going to have to make. You're, you, you're, and, and this is part of the column that I wrote. The Dolphins already have a very poor history of paying defensive linemen that they've drafted and developed. Um, there are some exceptions. I guess they didn't draft Zach Zach Sealer, but they did develop him. So that's one of the you know one of the exceptions. Um, Cameron Wake was one of the exceptions. But even then, they paid both arguably below market value deals because right now, if I told you you're going to have to pay Christian Wilkins twenty million dollars and you're paying Zach Sealer eight million dollars, you would look at me like you have a third eye because something is off about that situation. And nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover hero bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero bread has zero grams of sugar and is under a hundred calories per serving. Plus high in fiber with five to 10 grams of protein per serving order from hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, and again, I, I am, I'm not a, I don't disagree with the premise that the Dolphins need to hang on to Christian Wilkins because he's a foundational piece. But again, how many good players can you get if you sacrifice Christian Wilkins and don't pay him $20 million a year? Uh, does that allow you to keep both Connor Williams and Robert Hunt, where, whereas if you put that money on Wilkins, you can't keep both? And is that can you keep Williams, Hunt, and APG for the $20 million it would cost you to keep Christian Wilkins? And was, wouldn't that be a better trade-off? I, I don't know the right answers to it. Um, I did break down all of the factors. It was a 1,400-word piece. Poupard slapped me around and said, I need to break it into two. Um, and it will. one half is up now, and the other half is tomorrow. When we're, I'm going to show you what his peers are making and let you conclude what is the dollar value. It is a tough decision that they're going to have to make, along with so many other tough decisions. And we that's what we're going to be here for at AllDolphins.com, addressing all of these tough decisions and the ramifications that come with it and helping you as a fan. We don't know what the, the organization is going to do, but they've got some tough choices to make. And this franchise is, will, is at a crossroads right now, 2024. And every decision that you make determines what route you go and what direction you're headed in. So we're doing our best job to break these decisions down and help you sort of get an understanding of all the complexity that comes with it. Um, and 
One thing I, I wrote for, for alldolphins.com was I ranked the Dolphin free agents in terms of significance without financial considerations. Because that, that could be a different story in itself uh, because then that comes – this is where how much money do you want to assign to a certain player. But in terms of value to the franchise, I think, it's, I think we can all agree the Dolphins have 26 players scheduled to become UFAs. I think we pretty much all can agree that Christian Wilkins would be number one. Uh, and then be behind behind him, I think we can all agree, would be one of the two linemen, Robert Hunt or Connor Williams, depending on how you want to slice him. Um, and, and and I am uncomfortable slicing them, and here's the reason why I'm uncomfortable slicing them. Um, I would argue to you that Connor Williams was the number one offensive lineman on the Dolphins roster, but I will also argue to you, I don't know when he'll be healthy. Might be October. And yeah. – Will he be the same player? We already know the snapping wasn't phenomenal, but we, we love the athletic uh, athleticism that allowed him to get to the second level and make impact plays. Well, he will he have that athleticism coming off his knee injury? Um, I don't have the answer to that. Do you have the answer to that? No, I don't. We And nor do the Dolphins. The Dolphins will find out. Uh, and I'm certainly not going to go through the entire list, but – because of the uncertainty with William. Oh, why not? Why not? Why not? Um, we uh, go through the entire list, but I had I had Hunt over Williams again because of the uncertainty with what does Williams look like. But, but you know what? You know what the debate is will be in in a draft room. What's more important, a right guard or a center? Not the draft room, but in oh, the, I, I address I address that as well. Positionally, Kanye Williams is more important in terms of ability of the player. I mean, you, you, I, I know you're, 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 you're like this with Connor Williams. Come on, do your thing, parts. There you go. You're like this with Connor Williams. Um, uh, 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 Connor Williams ain't my friend. I'm like, I'm like this with Robert Hunt. I love Rob. Like, no, no, I I mean, Rob. Like, as, a, as a player, as a player like this, I'll, I'll teach you how to do it one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> I won't, I won't because I have no clue. I just did it yesterday and it popped up. Um, one day, me, one day it's gonna give me, it's gonna give me hearts. I'm too dark. That's what it is. Virtual background or what? But it's this is I, I love it. Anyway, um, in terms of ability, player ability, I, I mean, I think they're both upper echelon players at their position. Center is more vital than than a guard. Tougher to find than a guard. Completely agree with you there. And but then you, you know, you on the flip side is you have Connor's kind of uncertain health status when he comes back. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't argue, I wouldn't quibble with anybody who would say, oh, you're crazy putting Hunt over Williams. Yeah, I, that would be fine. I think, again, Christian Wilkins is clearly in that, the bottom of the pile. I will give you the top ones, the top three, and the bottom three. I think you have Andrew Van Ginkle a little high, and here's the reason why. I don't think he's, you know, based on what I was told, uh-huh. it was a Liz Frank injury. That's not a... Oh, he's healthy. Um, so I C. do think that it's C. Williams, going... comma Preston. Sorry. What'd you say? C. Williams, comma Preston. Yeah. Um. He had when he got hurt and then catching that touchdown pass from Tua in the end zone at Arizona. That's what he wound up having. Yeah, I know. I know. And he never um, came back properly. And part of it was maybe there were other issues as well. Yeah, but... he, his mental wasn't where it needed to be. He 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 fell into the Vic Fangio realm of. Uh, why Miami's not a great place for players playing in the, the UFL this spring, by the way. Yes, resurfaced. Uh, I, I, hope he, I hope he continues to resurface and actually commits himself to the game now that he's been banished from it. Um, 
I would argue to you, and it's not because I want to fight with you, even though I do want to fight with you. Um, Kendall Lamb would probably be a top priority, and I might consider putting him ahead of Andrew Van Ginkle from this standpoint. Kendall Lamb gave you some stability in your offensive line, and even though he isn't a starter and certainly told me he will not be playing for that minimum salary that the Dolphins play, pay, he'll retire before he does that. Um, if I'm going to have Teron Armstead on my offensive line, which I do believe that you're going to have Teron Armstead on your offensive line, I need to make sure that I have a very, very, very established, capable, competent backup, or else my whole line goes to turd. Do you not understand that? Do you not understand where I'm coming from? Oh, I, I get it, but you're acting like Andrew Van Ginkle is not going to be a starter from day one if he re-signs because Bradley Chubb and, and Jalen Phillips more than likely are missing the start of the season. Is and he going to be healthy? Who? Andrew Van Ginkle. Uh, yeah, okay. Again, uh, I'm, I'm his, his, agent, his agent is on the record as saying he'll be fine for the offseason, of course. Uh, that's, that's what agents do. That's the proper thing for his agent to say when he's heading the, into the free agency market. Um, I need to see a video of Andrew Van Ginkle running before running and cutting before I'm like, oh, yeah, he'll be ready for the offseason. We need to see that in March when free agency bidding begins. Okay, and I, I don't think we will. That's fine. But even if he doesn't participate in the offseason, to me, he should be ready for training camp. And again, because of what's going on with Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips, I think he's more significant than Kendall Lamb. Okay, touche. But I, I get, I certainly see the point with Kendall Lamb, especially again with Toronto. I'm said not getting any younger. Um, yeah. I mean, here's I'm, the thing: you don't do Kendall Lamb. What do you do? But the flip side to that is again, the Dolphins have salary cap issues up the wazoo, and mm -hmm. if Kendall Lamb wants, first of all, logically, Kendall Lamb's gonna gonna shop around to see if he can get a starter job. Would he not? Because he That's comes right. back to the Dolphins, he's not starting. That's, That's number right. one. And then number two, what's he going to be looking for monetarily? And is it going to be more than – because you said he's not coming back at the veteran minimum. Okay, well, the Dolphins have only so many – so much money to, to pass around. Would you, do, would you do two for six for Kendall Lamb? Yes. Okay. I, I, I think that that's fair. I think that that's – and now he might get better and do better. And considering how desperate so many NFL teams were for offensive line help, um, brother, go get your money. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I have had private conversations with him that I don't necessarily want to make public, but um, Kendall doesn't need money. He wants respect. Now he's not playing for peanuts in his mind, but he wants respect, and I think this organization showed him that respect. Whoever's pursuing him will show him that respect, but now it has to match with an offer. I personally think two for six with maybe a $2 million signing bonus and keeps it manageable is that respect. Now, who knows if he can get more on the market, but I, I, I think he would be top five of my priority list, and I'm not watering down what Andrew Van Ginkle is worth or what he's going to get. And Andrew Van Ginkle would, without a doubt, be a top priority for me to re-sign. What is it that you are eating? What What, what is that? Drinking. Drinking. Iced coffee. Oh, okay. The addiction you have. You, you, yes. you caffeine addict, addicts. Um, this is me and coffee. 
I, you know, I like Van Ginkel. We don't even know what they're going to be running next year. What's supposed to run in a 4-3? Then where does Van Ginkel fit? I, you know, I don't know. See, this is why I don't expect a seismic change in the defensive scheme. Because, again, they're all in. They're not rebuilding anything. So... That means you got to find somebody who runs Vic Fangio or or this hybrid three four and yes. that 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 locks me in and I don't know if I'm comfortable being locked in. I I, I want the best. Saying, what's supposed Vic, what's supposed Mike Vrabel says? I want to take this job, but we're running a four three, and we're stop being a little little punk, and we're 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 gonna beef up the trenches and and we're gonna we're gonna be an aggressive four three defense. You you don't have you don't have you don't have the foundation for a four three or a three four. You are starting fresh, sir. So, who you know? What are they talking? What? What? Well, first of all, they, first of all, they played the most. The diamond they were in the most last year was two four five. So let's forget yes. about three four four three. It was two four five basically. Okay. Well, you don't have the alignment for two four five. Like you, not, you if, not if you lose Christian. Yeah, yeah. You don't. You don't. I mean, Zach Sealer, and this is the this is what I what I what I wrote in. My my Mike Rabel piece. I don't necessarily look at this defense as an attractive defense because right now, as it presently sits, you've got Zach Sealer, two injured, pretty good pass rushers in and Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb. You're gonna have um uh uh the the inside linebacker David Long Jr. and you got Jalen Ramsey, Javon Holland. That's like what five pieces. Everything else is a mystery. Do you, do you, so you could do you want to do run four five three you want to run three four you want to run two five two four five it don't matter you don't have any of the pieces for but any except, of them dude except right now is, is they they have they have no bodies on the defensive line they don't have no like legit yeah, I know. they have they have Zach Sealer and Brandon Peely like I said I mean, <laughs> yeah um, like yeah, yeah. I, I get it um, there's work to be done. Um, the thing is, are you going to hire a defensive coordinator and allow him to do what he wants to do? Or are you going to hire a defensive coordinator and handcuff them? And I think that that might be the genuine question that a lot of these guys are, are asking. And it might in, di- dictate whether or not I want to take this job. Would it not? If you're forcing something on me, do you think I want to take this job when I have other options and opportunities and, and avenues that I can, I can go to? By the way, I'm looking at the game book here. The, Titans opened in a three-three-five set against the Dolphins. Um, but here's the thing, though: whoever they interview, they're probably going to tell them, "Look, this is what our personnel looks mm-hmm. like." It ain't. It ain't a three-four. It ain't a four-three. It ain't a two-four-five. It's nothing. Their personnel sucks. It does. Right now, but because they have so many, because they have so many free agents. Uh, it doesn't suck so bad that they were fourth in the NFL in total defense at one point last year. Um, but then half of those guys are free agents. Well, we're injured. And, that, and that's the issue. And then I'm sure the Dolphins, whatever conversations they have, are probably telling their, their candidates, yeah, this guy's going to be back. This guy's going to be back. That guy, I mean, we don't know. They can't tell their candidates that. Not, nope, nope, nope. Sure no, they can. No, they cannot. No, they cannot. You cannot sell me something that you are absolutely not certain that you can deliver on. You you actually don't think if you you actually don't think the Dolphins would have an, an inkling as right now as to which free agents are coming back? Absolutely none, zero. Uh, right right now they're at the Senior Bowl and they're having meetings and they're getting the price points 
for players and they're and they're hearing, you know, they're trying to figure out what the word on the street is in terms of who's looking for what and what agents think they can get for what players. It's a long process and it just began this week. You're, no. But they have no idea. No, no, because you're assuming that they haven't had any conversations with their own the agents of their own players during the season and right after the season. That's fair, but the agents of their own players haven't had conversations with other teams yet, which begins this week. Correct. And the game the game the price yeah. might change. But there are certain players who will tell their agents make it work with that particular team. Without without leaving without leaving like a ton of money on the table, make it work with that team. Without leaving, that's a keyword. Without leaving a ton of money on the yeah, table, and, and, yeah, everybody's gonna say, "I want to be here. I want to finish here. I want to play for the team that I started with." Uh, as I wrote in my column, Christian will say the same thing, but behind the closed doors, Christian's like, "Pay me my money. Run me my money." Correct. And and you don't run them the money. I'll see you. Correct. No, no, I I fully understand that. Uh, no, as I was beginning to say, is I encourage everyone to check out the entire list on oldolphins.com. I gave away my top three, the bottom three, and this is going to hurt you, Omar, and I'm sorry in terms of significance. It's two wide receivers and a tight end, and that's Chase Claypool, Robbie Chosen, and Tyler Croft. Listen, you got guys on here where you're breaking it down, like Nick Needham and um, and and, and um, you know your your homeboy Cedric Wilson, Brandon Jones, Isaiah Wynn. I think is a little low on your list, by the way, sir. I think Isaiah Wynn, if he's healthy, was a very adequate starter. And, and, yeah, but no, and I understand that. But can we? Because I'm I'm here. I and I'm ready for this because I've heard so much. Like, can we not pretend the dude was like a board, like a you know, on his way to the Hall of Fame? I, I understand he gave the Dolphins better guard play than maybe they'd had before in the last couple of years. Can we simmer down a little bit? For former example, first pick. it wasn't a disappointment. I, I get that former first round pick that the Patriots were like, "Bye bye, see ya." Well, you act like the Patriots are great talent evaluators. They they usually are in the offensive line. Where they completely suck is a wide receiver. No, no, they they usually do a good job on the offensive line. Um, and also, let's not pretend, with all due respect, the play on which you got hurt is a play you got rolled over uh, in that Philly game. So. Um, I didn't. I didn't completely diss him. I just don't. I, I think. I think this. The notion of Isaiah Wynn got a little bit overblown as he got out of the lineup. Personally speaking, I mean he's a fine player, but again, I'm I'm good with just fine. I, I, I don't know if I go. I don't know if I go this far here. Ah, more hearts for the people. Um, anything else? Any other stories that we we need to address or talk about before? Are we doing a live tomorrow? I don't know. Live one once a week. We should do a live. There's yeah, I, I mean Saturday's a big. Oh, I'm having my daughter. Um, Saturday, we're taking the weekend off. That's all right. Oh, the big boss says we're taking the weekend off. Okay, you don't want to take the weekend off? Yeah, I got I got daddy daughter date. Oh, see, there you go. Uh, so that means that leaves a live for tomorrow, then, yeah. sir. Yeah, maybe Super Bowl Sunday. We we got to come up with something perhaps that day, but uh, for the most part, count on us not doing a ton on the weekend, other than obviously the weekend of the draft and mini camp as well. When there's when there's things going on, and if there's major news breaking over the weekend, we'll do a special edition. But for now, I think we covered pretty much all that needs to be covered for today. 
All right. You know how to find all our work, alldolphins.com. No paywall, no subscription, no monthly charge, a $12.99, a $19.99. Um, we are free, the big F-R-E. Um, you know how to find us on the podcast, All Dolphins Podcast. Time out. Did, you, did you just say F-R-E? F-R-E-E, yeah. <laughs> it's free. It's free. You were missing it. Fra. Fra. It's fra. It's fra. It's fra. All right. Um, thank you guys for watching. We appreciate everybody who, even if you just give this a two-minute listen, we appreciate it because it definitely helps our algorithm. Give us a like, too. That helps our algorithm as well. Um, we're out here struggling trying to eat in this in this podcast world, and we thank you for your continued support. If you haven't checked out an earlier episode, I believe it was 210, when Podcast Worlds Unite, we also addressed- 211. 2011. 2011 2010. No. 211 was the was the uh, when Dolphin Podcast Unite episode and 211 is us addressing Vic Fangio's alleged claims because they're not specifically coming from Vic Fangio about Miami's culture and and there is some merit there is some credence to it so um we devil in that in 2010 but on that note we are out. We will see you tomorrow. I definitely appreciate everybody for your continued support and watching these episodes because it's so important. Um, thank you again, and we will see you tomorrow.